from the studios of Farm Journal Broadcast. This is Ag Day. Honoring a legacy. Well, I love the farm. I love the land. We go beyond the headlines of the man who's become the voice for black farmers in America. Some farmers are itching to get out and plant. So this is that crust that's getting ready to form right up here on top where this um, silt loam is, is run together. Some advice before you think about planting early soybeans in order to win the furrow. Plus, is inflation finally loosening its grip? Yeah, we're, we're going to continue to see interest rate hikes. What the latest economic indicator means for farmers right now on Agri. Good morning, I'm Clinton Griffiths. A new report shows while inflation persists, it is starting to moderate. The Labor Department releasing the latest consumer price index. It shows prices climbed 6.4% in January from a year earlier. While that's down slightly from the previous month, it's still higher than what economists expected. Agday's Michelle Rook joins us. And Michelle, what does this mean for future interest rate hikes and for farmers? Clinton, annual inflation at 6.4% is down since the peak in June of 9.1%, which was the highest reading since 1981. However, with the CPI in January actually firming about a half percent compared to 0.1% in December, it signals more interest rate hikes are coming. This comes just as farmers head for the fields to plant the 2023 crop. Now, the Fed uses the CPI, but also the Personal Consumption Expenditure, or PCE, to gauge inflation and determine the size and duration of the rate hikes. Both are indicating while the Fed may not be as aggressive as they were in 2022, they still have some work to do to get to their target of 2% inflation for the U.S. economy. You know, we're going to continue to see interest rate hikes, probably still the same variety, 25 basis point moves. I don't, I don't expect... Uh, the U.S. Federal Reserve to come in full bore and go back up to 50 basis point moves anytime soon. I don't think it's that hot of an inflation market. It's, it, you know, but we're still seeing higher prices. And so we're still going to see interest rate hikes over the course of 2023. That's just the way it is. That means it will cost much more to borrow money, especially for farmers buying land, equipment and inputs to plant this year's crop. Ag finance experts say that means they need to be strategic with their operating notes and long-term debt financing. I mean, lines of credit are normally at a variable rate. Well, this year with the Fed still talking about other rate increases on the table, it probably makes sense to discuss a fixed rate. So a fixed rate on an operating line to take that risk off the table. Ag finance experts are also recommending that if farmers have grain, they can sell to generate some cash for some or all of their operating costs. That might be a better strategy than paying the high cost for borrowing money. Now, one key market indicator of higher interest rates ahead in 2023 is the yields on 10-year Treasury notes. They have bottomed and are starting to turn higher again at right around 3.78 percent. All right, thanks, Michelle. Mexico has now issued that decree regarding U.S. GMO corn we told you about last week. Under the decree, it is scrapping a deadline to ban imports of the corn for animals and manufactured products, but will still not allow imports for flour and tortillas along yes. with glyphosate. Right now, most U.S. corn exports to Mexico are used for livestock feed. Now, Mexico says the new decree does not violate anything under the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement, adding that it is self-sufficient in the production of white corn free from transgenics. The decree went into effect yesterday. Politico reports the office of the U.S. Trade Representative said it was reviewing it. Some good news in the fight against drought in Kansas and Nebraska, and it's 
coming in the form of some snow. Meteorologist Andrew Whitmire joins us with the very latest. And yes, finally some good news for parts of western Kansas as well as a western Nebraska. We're going to be watching a Colorado low here developing and that's going to hopefully bring with it accumulating snow upwards of around two to four inches and with that will come some water equivalent with that as well. We could be looking at around maybe one, maybe upwards of two inches of liquid water from that, which is good news for drought stricken areas there across parts of Kansas and Nebraska. And we're going to track this continuing up into Iowa and even northern Illinois, south of portions there of Wisconsin and even parts of central and northern Michigan, getting a taste there of a little bit of wintry weather here as we go throughout the midweek forecast. Here's a look at the snowfall estimate here for parts of western Kansas as well as parts of southern Nebraska. Again, could be looking at two to four inches of snow and we'll keep tracking that up towards the north and east as well. Or there could be even a little bit more shovelable snow as well. We're also tracking a stormy side to this severe weather threat today and Thursday across the Dixie Alley deep south as well as parts of the Ohio River Valley. And Pete Steger of recently got caught in a Wyoming traffic jam, but this one Pete says he's been looking forward to. He says he has lived in Wyoming for a while and has wanted to see this cattle drive take place not far from Cheyenne. He says he pulled over to take a picture safely, saying it's not like they were going anywhere for a while anyway. Pete telling the local radio station he has learned to appreciate the little things, the slow things, and the simple things. I'll more in your Ag Day forecast in just a few. Win the Furrow programming on Ag Day is sponsored by Zyway brand fungicides from FMC. Get season-long systemic disease protection from the inside out, from root to tassel and stalk to leaf. Go long with Zyway brand fungicides. Early planting of soybeans is shown to help improve yield, but there's also a danger of crusting on those lighter soils. Farm Journal field agronomist Ken Ferry says, don't wait, hold before you know to win the furrow in 2023. The problem is we're in a timber soil here and we've had multiple rain events, not big ones, but enough that this soil is fluidized and run together and it's about to form a crust. You guys farming these types of soils know what that crust is all about. And we do have rain in the forecast, it's only about a 40% chance and if we do get that rain, this, these beans are still going to make it up alright, that rain's scheduled for about four days from now. But if we're going to hoe, now's the time to hoe because the surface crust here isn't gotten hard. I can still break through it with my finger. This is when a hoe does good. So this is that crust that's getting ready to form right up here on top where this uh, silt loam is, is run together. And again, it's easy to break this crust right now. But give it a, another three or four days of this wind blowing and drier temperatures, this can turn into a pretty tight surface that we can't get it out. So again, reacting right now, as we can see down here in the soil. As we look at what the hose done for us in one pass, this is going to be adequate. It's broken this crust. These beans can push now, instead of pushing a whole plate, they're just going to be pushing small chunks of soil. They're going to make it through this just fine. But if I would have wait three days to make this pass, I couldn't get this kind of penetration. In a lot of situations, we don't have to hold the whole field. We just got to pick out these timber soils that are going to give us trouble. So we can kind of VRT our hoeing if we want to think of it that way. Pick the hoe up and run across the ground in good shape. Put it back down when you on these soil types that are going to give you trouble. Now, last week we told you about the turf used for the Super Bowl and its development at Oklahoma State University. Interestingly, the turf became the star of the show on Sunday. Now, during the game, players were slipping and struggling to get traction on that field in Arizona. That had announcers discussing the situation during the broadcast, casting doubts on the Tahoma 31 based field. 
Now, the Stillwater News Press asking OK State about it. Researchers saying, while OSU developed and patented Tahoma 31, they had no role in creating or preparing the field for Super Bowl 57, adding that its turf was used for the base layer, but the field was also seeded with a top layer of ryegrass, which has a slick surface wind damp. Now, others suggesting many areas were painted for the game. The lead scientist says the grass has been tested in more than 250 different environments, and the Eagles have it at their home stadium. Many of our major commodities taking a breather on Tuesday. We'll look at what's behind the down day coming up next. And later, one family's history of working the soil in Virginia stretches back generations. How that's propelling one man to advocate for other black farmers and his livelihood in the country. Tractor sales are off to a slow start to begin 2023. That's according to the latest numbers from the Association of Equipment Manufacturers. In its monthly flash report, AEM reporting the sale of all tractors in January down 14% from January of last year. Now, two-wheel drive under 40 horsepower tractors saw numbers decline 23%. While larger four-wheel drive units they were down 2% in sales. The only subcategory in the green were those larger two-wheel drive tractors over 100 horsepower. Those were up. 23%. Meanwhile, combines starting the year on fire. Sales in January up 133% as farmers bought nearly 500 units last month alone. While soybean meal saw some big gains on Monday, on Tuesday it was under pressure once again. Michelle Rook is back with this analysis in Markets Now. Well, grains leaning lower on Tuesday. Uh, Garrett Toy with Ag Trader Talk joining us. And soybeans and meal kind of setting back here. Was that just some routine profit taking, or is this market kind of starting to get um, satisfied that we have South American weather premium in or enough of it? Well, I mean, it's not only just South American weather premium, but it's also domestic here uh, with the crushes, crush issues. Um, we do have an OPA crush out uh, will be coming out on the 15th, uh, and that is expected to probably show another lighter than expected crush number. But, um, you know, it feels like this bean oil market has found an area of support and consumer pricing in here. Um, where we put a top in this meal market, nobody knows because it. Uh, uh, we traded what new ten-year highs here yesterday, uh, seeing a little bit of profit taking, and, and um, there really isn't anything that shows any signs of uh, signs of slowing. It would be nice, and it does sound like we might be closer to getting a commitment to traders report here this week that'll give uh, a decent idea of where the market positioning is and just how big this fun long is in meal. So the corn market tries to follow soybeans, tries to follow wheat, but we still can't get above overhead resistance. So what's it waiting for? <laughs> That's a very good question. I mean, the wheat market looked like we had an upside breakout taking off that trend line off the Jane highs um, or the, 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 the recent highs. Um, and corn followed it to some extent, but again, um, we traded a 688 and a quarter here on, on Tuesday, became a quarter tick shy of the, of the recent highs and couldn't do it and found selling. Um, and I think that we just have enough stacked offers above the market that we just aren't able to push through these, these highs and, and try to make a new level higher, which, and which that would be a push towards $7. All right. And just a little pressure in the wheat because of some chances of moisture. Looks like improved chances of moisture, a pretty significant run up in here and we're seeing some profit taking. Yeah. Um, we're all watching this this new escalation, the shelling that Russia is doing in Ukraine and kind of keep an eye on there. Okay. Um, there's been some increased rhetoric on uh, the grain export quarter, but I don't really think the market's paying too much attention to that. All right. Thanks right so much. Garrett Toy with Ag Trader Talk. More Ag Day coming out.
Ag Day is sponsored by Germinator Closing Wheels. Germinator Steel Closing Wheels, perfected in conventional, excels in no-till. Order 12 to 16 rows today and qualify for free shipping or 20% off an end zone moisture management package. Meteorologist Andrew Whitmire joining us here taking a look at our national forecast. We're watching out for some severe weather. It seems a Feels like a little early, but you know, here we are. Yeah, here we are in the middle of February here, the day right after Valentine's Day, and we're watching severe weather across the Dixie Alleyway, and this is all thanks to a larger system that again is bringing with it a wintry side up across parts of the Central Plains and Upper Midwest where they're dealing with snow, where today we're tracking again severe weather, mainly an overnight severe weather threat for parts of the Dixie Alleyway. And with this severe weather threat, we're going to be watching this uh, mainly in evening and overnight to set up here in this red shaded area. This is something that we're going to have to watch. And again, nighttime severe weather is not good as you again can't really see this stuff coming outside of looking at Doppler radar. So this is something that again we'll be keeping our eyes on. And then as we head on into Thursday, we're going to continue to watch that same front that we talked about uh, during crop watch working its way eastward. And in this red shaded area, we're going to mainly be looking at damaging wind and pockets of heavy rain. But down across the deep south, we can't rule out an isolated a few tornado warnings as we head on into Thursday. Let's put this into motion here on the future radar, zooming in on the potential here for some severe weather. Again, as we head on into Wednesday night, here we are at 10 p.m. Notice how we start to get future track a little bit more active here, showing some more of those reds and yellows, and that trend will continue to work its way up across the Tennessee and Ohio River Valley as we head on into Thursday and then watch the deep south here. We'll be watching for damaging wind and again, even a few isolated tor tornado warnings down across the deep south as we head towards a Thursday afternoon and going forward into a Thursday evening. Taking a look at the precipitation here with that, uh, where we do have those showers and thunderstorms, that's going to produce with it an additional two to four inches of water back across to Kansas as well as the southern half of Nebraska. We really need this moisture here again. Two to four inches of snow will equivalent here to hopefully a few isolated pockets here where we can see upwards of around one inch of liquid water. Let's take a look at highs across the country for today. Ahead of that system, it's going to be a mild one. In fact, very much like a mid spring pattern setting up. Meanwhile, cold on the backside across the Intermountain West and Northern Plains with temperatures below freezing. That's a look around the country. Now let's take a look at your Ag Day select cities. South Bend, Indiana, mostly cloudy, high 35 degrees. Going over to Rockport, looking at snow showers, high 35, low 30 degrees. And going over to Salt Lake City, Utah, sunny, high near 40 degrees. Researchers proved that viruses can live for a long time and feed. So what does this mean for keeping African swine fever out of the U.S.? And later, there are less than 50,000 black farmers in the U.S. will meet an outspoken voice for those men and women today in the country. Ag Day is brought to you by Duracade Viptera. The pork industry supports 613,000 jobs in this country, along with $36 billion in personal incomes, as well as $57 billion in value added. Those numbers coming from the National Pork Producers Council. It put out this chart recently of the jobs supported Thanks in part to the pork industry. Now 28% are in the service industry, 26% manufacturing, another 20% are within agriculture itself. And then you see 10% retail, 8% transportation, and another 7% for industries such as finance, insurance, real estate, and construction. Now industry officials saying this gives you an idea of 
what could be lost if the pork industry was removed from the U.S. economy. The University of Minnesota researchers say they have reached a major breakthrough in efforts to control African swine fever and keep it out of the country. The researchers have been working to develop a surrogate virus. Now that surrogate is similar to ASF, but poses no harm to humans, plants, or animals. They tested the surrogate recently in soybean meal that was transported for 23 days through 29 states. They report the surrogate was detected in all feed samples with no breakdown, demonstrating for the first time an ASF-like virus can live in swine feed for a long time. The researchers say they can now begin to determine exactly how U.S. biosecurity protocols could be adjusted to keep pigs and feed safe. Up next, we'll meet a Virginia farmer passionate about his operation. John Boyd Jr. joins us to discuss his love of the land for Black History Month, next in the country. Your next piece of equipment is on MachineryPete.com. Search equipment from dealerships across the country to find what you're looking for. Only on MachineryPete.com. In the Country on Ag Day is brought to you by Pivot Bio. What if you had the nitrogen you need already on seed? Pivot Bio is the first company to apply nitrogen on seed. The nitrogen you need, now on seed, from Pivot Bio. Learn more at pivotbio.com. It's Black History Month, and we want to raise awareness about the approximately 50,000 black farmers in this country. Now, one of them has become the face for many black farmers in the nation. His name, John Boyd Jr., and he is the founder and president of the National Black Farmers Association. Now, you've probably seen him interviewed on news networks about the issues related to black farmers in the headlines. But there's much more to John Boyd Jr.'s story. He spent most of his time running his 1,600-acre farm in Baskerville, Virginia. He's a fourth-generation farmer who grows soybeans, corn, and wheat, and raises about 150 head of beef cattle. I recently got the chance to talk to him about his operation and the work he absolutely loves. But I do would like to point out a few things. I'm a generational farmer. I was taught to farm by my grandfather, Thomas Boyd, a very skilled farmer, and my daddy, John Boyd Sr., who recently passed away. We worked side by side for many, many decades. He taught me that the land knows no color, that never mistreated anybody, that people, all great things come from the land, clean drinking water, timber to build your house, food to provide and raise your family. And if I continue to work hard, Eventually, I'll be able to pay my bills. If I continue to work hard, I will be, eventually be able to take care of my family. And every good thing, people, comes from the farm. Farmers are the most least recognized people in American history, and we should be the first. Uh, you know, we not, may not need a doctor or lawyer today, but somewhere along the line, you're going to need an American farmer when you sit down today and have lunch and breakfast and dinner. Uh, Put the farmer and treat the farmer where he needs to be. You love that generational advice, right? That it seems like as farmers that gets passed passed along from one generation to the next, that work ethic, those lessons that we yes. teach each other. What do you love about your job every day? Well, I love the farm. I love the land. And uh, I fell in love with the farm as a kid when I first smelled the soil. When that plow went in, it opened up the ground. There's nothing like that the smell of the soil, and there's no greater feeling than harvest time and planting season. When that planter first goes in the ground and that first round of soybeans comes into the combine and that first round of corn comes into the combine, there's no greater feeling than that. 
Outside of farming, John Boyd Jr. dedicates his time to being a voice for change in the industry. Now I'll have more from my interview about the work he says still needs to be done to keep that rich heritage of black farming going in our country. That's coming up on future editions of Ag Day. And that's all the time we have this morning. We sure appreciate you tuning in. From all of us here at Ag Day, I'm Clinton Griffiths. Have a great day. I'm Farm Country.